Welcome to the Liberty Experts Podcast, where all your liberty questions are answered, discussed, and debated by experts. Now, here are your liberty experts, Tim Moen and David Birnbaum. Hey, Tim. How's it going? Hey, David. It's going fantastic. I am sitting here in northern Alberta looking at the weather outside. It's uh, slightly cloudy, chance of rain, and, you know, traffic looks light. So, I think it's going to be an all right day. Just an all right day. We're, we, we are neighbors. I'm getting the rain here, so it'll be over, over there soon, I guess. Yeah. So, today I wanted to kind of do an extended look at uh, you know, an analogy that's come up multiple times about our approach to liberty and our approach to the culture, right? Because very much, um, you know, there's this idea of being firefighters, right? There's this idea of the culture's on fire, stuff's going poorly, and how do we put it out, right? And I think politics is, you know, I think that that's essentially the view that the mainstream political parties have with one another, right? And it's very much anti each other. And there's a tendency to kind of get sucked into that and want to put out fire generally. But then, you know, when we were talking about the analogy in the past, it's like, okay, yeah, if your neighbor's house is on fire or the city's on fire, you want to help put it out. But also there needs to be somewhere to go in case it burns down, right? And there needs to be people building new houses as well. And so it's interesting of like, how do we go about, what's the actual proper approach? What's the balance both for, let's say, a movement generally, but also for an individual, right? What should my focus be? What should your focus be? And, you know, for me, the more political uh, side of stuff is more the firefighting. And for me, I'm not interested in that at all. I'm not a firefighter. I used to be, and I just, I'm retired and I'm only focused on building now. And I think that seems to be what uh, you know, the, that seems to be at least what the, what the Ayn Rand Institute does and like kind of the, the centerpiece of the objectivist movement. They're not, they don't bother to put out politicians and try and like, you know, yeah, they make political commentary about why everything's going, but it's like such a small, like there's such a small amount of people at the moment that it's like uh, trying to put out a fire with a squirt gun, right? And you have to wait until you have enough firepower until you have a million squirt guns so it equals a hose or whatever, and so for me, it's like, okay, how do I build, uh, how do I build a, for, how do I build something so it attracts people running from the fire, right? I suppose I'm jumping mm-hmm. all over the place with the analogy, but I think this is the most important point is there are people in the burning building, right? And so it's like, as much as we can be the firefighters, there are people running out of the building and where do they have to go? And if right. all the only place they have to go is other burning buildings, you know, yeah, yeah. that's a difficult thing. So how do you build a proper structure for them? And I'm interested yeah. in your initial thoughts. Um, you're also a firefighter. So please tell me if my approach is just totally wrong. No, no, I, I, find, I find it's an interesting metaphor or analogy because w- immediately what I pictured was, uh, you know, we, we recently talked about uh, Joe Jorgensen and libertarians jumping ship and leaving you alone in the fire kind of thing. And so I, I just, I had visions of the twin towers or just me running into a building because that's what firefighters do. We run into the building where the, that all the hazard is and then we find ourselves alone and the buildings collapsed on us and we get burnt and hurt and dead. Uh, <laughs> and we just keep, keep doing that over and over again. And maybe that's not the best way to do it, especially if our team uh, doesn't want to back us up or wants to leave us at the first sign of, you being an idiot or, or whatever. Um, 
and, and so there's something to that. And one of my, actually, one of my favorite quotes um, when it comes to political or organizational work, let's say, is uh, by Morton Blackwell, who is, was the founder of this place called the Leadership Institute, which is in uh, Virginia. And it's where a lot of libertarians and conservatives go to get uh, training in politics. And he's got a list of rules. And one of his rules is um, that in volunteer politics, a builder can build faster than a destroyer can destroy. And uh, I think I, I, I've reminded myself of that quote many times over the years in politics um, because there's a lot of destroyers that come into um, the party. And, you know, this kind of dovetails almost with our, our, our um, episode on Jorgensen with libertarians jumping ship and throwing, you know, trying to throw a monkey wrench into the party and stuff. One thing you could do is focus and fixate on the destroyers and trying to stop the destroyers and, and defend against the destroyers. That's firefighting. But the, the other thing you can do is just focus on your message, focus on the positive things, the things that are going right, the things that you're building on the organizational work that you're doing, that's actually creating life. And I think that, that reminding myself of that quote over and over again has helped help me get out of this problem fixation. Right. And, and by the way, this is also what largely my, my grad degree um, that was looking at as well. One of the things I learned from looking at the research in organizational development is that, and this is a management 101 kind of, is that you don't focus on the 5% of the people that are causing your organization all the problems and all the, that are constantly getting into trouble. You focus on the 5% of the people that are, that are doing the organization, that are the most productive, that are the, bringing the most life to the organization, the most value to your customers. If you focus on them rather than that other 5%, your organizational uh, success and effectiveness grows. Whereas if you fixate on the problems, um, you tend to get in this problem spiral, this destructive spiral where you hammer one problem down. It's like whack-a-mole. One mole goes down, two or three more pop up, knock those three down, six more pop up. And it just keeps spiraling like that. Um, so, so I think there's something to that. So, so you get positive unintended consequences when you focus on the building and you get negative unintended consequences when you fixate on the problems. That's really interesting. And two different things come to mind. One is about Rand and one's about the current culture. The current culture is we're so used to firefighting. Everyone's so used to firefighting only that there's the sentiment, if you're not fighting fires, you're an arsonist, right? Right. You're not, right. right? If I'm just trying to build something and I'm not consistently rah, rah fighting the fire, metaphorically speaking, I'm an, I must be an arsonist because it's this idea that you're either a firefighter or an arsonist. That's the only option, which parallels really well with the dichotomy that Rand calls out generally. It's like you don't have to sacrifice others or sacrifice yourself. You can be a trader, right? You can just trade things and you can build right. and mutually benefit. And that also extends to her approach, what you were saying about if you only focus on the negative 5%, you get unintended negative consequences. If you focus on the positive, that's her approach uh, of society generally, right? Like, we should optimize society for the best of us, right. 
such that it improves for everyone, but very much there's this focus now of we need to make sure the least of us are treated a certain way and we optimize for the least of us, right? Yeah, and she, she, had, she, she made that point really strongly about education, right? Which she had a harsh criticism for in that, you know, socialist education tends to focus on the children with learning disabilities and, you know, the dullest kids basically, and all the money and, and fu- the fu- resources gets funneled to them. Uh, and, and it brings everyone else down where she said, like, we should be supporting and funneling resources towards the most gifted children, the ones that are, have the most talents. And that will actually raise up everyone else. Yeah, and and I think she's probably right. And it's been really interesting. I used to, when I was younger, I was very much the kind of, I was a left-wing firefighter type, right? And I, But I was, it was interesting because I was a scorched earth firefighter, as many young people are, right? I know how to fight the fire. Get out of my way. I'm going to burn a path to the burning building so I can yeah, put yeah. it out properly. I'm going to nuke this building and that will get rid of the fire. Exactly. And that's really how I really feel like that's, People have been so obsessed with the idea of firefighting that they're, it's like, put out this fire at all costs, even if I have to nuke the building, because I've been told I just have to put out the fire. And as long, like the means justifies the end and the end is putting out the fire. And right. it's only in the past couple of years that very much because of mental health issues and like a crisis of personality, I started to build from ground zero, my self first. And now it's interesting. I'm finally at a point where I'm starting to build something and it's a slow process, right? It's a slow process. But just in the past month, I think I've convinced four or five people from all different places uh, and backgrounds to read The Fountainhead. And like, if they can read The Fountainhead and be interested and influenced in those ideas, and they're interested because of my approach and they see what I've built for myself, they see the life I have And that is interesting to them. And I can talk to them and I'm not firefighting. I'm not telling them why they're wrong. I'm just telling them what I've built and why. And that's such a different tone than anyone is used to, I feel. Um, Because, you know, the average person is telling them, here are the fires and here's how we have to put them out. And I'm just unconcerned with the fires. And some people that irks because to them, the fires is all that matters. But I'm just like, no, here's what I'm building. And here's why. If you'd like to build something similar, or if you're interested in what I'm building, here are some resources. Here are some building manuals almost, right? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we, there's so many ways we can apply this even just in our own personal lives. Like last night, um, I was a little bit, I was obsessed with with some drama happening on Facebook, right? And, and it had to do also with this article I was writing, defending Jorgensen against her detractors and all this stuff. And, you know, my wife noticed right away at the table, something's wrong. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I am, you know, I'm, I'm, I, it, it was difficult to break out of that mindset and, and be present for my family. Eventually, you know, I removed myself from my family because I just didn't want to, I needed to regroup. Basically I needed to be like, Tim, like get, get your mind together here. I left my phone in another room because when I have it in my pocket, I keep feeling this, even if I'm not looking at it and I'm consciously like putting it away, it's family time. I still think about it there and I'm like wondering what the comments are and how can I argue against it? And like going through all this stuff. Right. And obviously none of that 
is productive in any way. I mean, not only is it unproductive to argue with people that aren't interested in, in having a rational conversation, it's not productive in that I'm not present for my family and the things that really bring me value in my life. So I put the phone away. I got into a different mindset. We went on the deck and we had like a, one of the greatest, a great two hour conversation just uh, reliving, you know, I told the kids all about my stories they hadn't heard of my childhood, me hang gliding and building things in the woods with my buddy and zip lining and like all these adventures I had as a kid and just kind of reminiscing about that. And, you know, they told me stories about that. I didn't know about what they were doing behind our backs and different things. And it was just a great conversation. We got to know each other a lot better. And, and, you know, that, that really strengthened, I think our bonds, you know, to some degree, I mean, that was far more productive than me fixating on this stuff. And I, I had no idea that like all I knew is I had to get in the right mindset. I had to be more, you know, in this positive mindset where I'm building something with my family rather in this negative mindset. I didn't know where it was going to lead. And so I'm a big believer in, in positive unintended consequences. You know, my life is a testament to that. Last night was just a small version of that, but to me, you know, that, that I, I talk about that changing point in my life where I almost died in that fire it was all about focusing on the things that were providing value where I was making a difference and letting go of all the things that were, where, you know, I was following someone else's path or avoiding this or avoiding that. That's when all these opportunities and positive unintended things started happening for me. So, you know, it sounds a little woo woo, but like almost like the secret, like you attract that, which you, but, but there's something to positive psychology for sure. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that. And my biggest interest in is in translating this woo-woo to the rational facts of what's going on, because I've had that exact same experience in spades. And I think what you, what you touched on is the most important thing about why building attracts people. Because the average person, if they had experiences like you had last night with your family, that's what life is about, right? That's what yeah. life is. And so you just want to convince them that, they can build that for themselves. And how do they do that? But the average person, and especially the average person in politics, is saying, no, you shouldn't focus on that. There are fires. How dare you be selfish enough to focus on your own pleasure while there's you know, people dying in Africa or whatever the current, the, while the words, yeah. while climate change is going on or whatever it is. And it's very much this kind of disconnect. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, the, for many of the hardcore political people on either end of the spectrum, the world's literally burning, right? But their reaction is, so you just have to be miserable and scream about it the whole time, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, no, if, you know, if I'm on the Titanic, what, do I want to be the people playing the instruments? Or do I want to be the people freaking out? And you have to think about, I mean, the world isn't burning. It's important right. to note that. I don't think that right. we're on the Titanic. I think that's a bad view. But even if that's the view, what could you do? What should you do? But I right. think we're not on the Titanic. We're not, the world's not burning. But even if it were, what should we do? We should build a different boat. We should build a different planet. We should work on where to go next rather than just freaking out and not being productive and worrying about the world burning. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so bizarre to my friends, especially on, I mean, I again have more left-wing friends. It's so bizarre for them 
that I can be calm about these things. And it's also, well, even if I want to be a firefighter, if we're talking about it, like, I need to think rationally and calmly about it. If I just get distracted by, oh, now there's a flame in quadrant four. Now there's a new flame in quadrant three, whatever. And you're just, that's not the way to fight a fire either, right? So it's just not the right way. You have to actually have a principled approach and I'm butchering the fire now. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm laughing a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's kind of funny and cute. Um, No, you're right. I mean, I think it was Viktor Frankl, who wrote a book about happiness and I, I may be butchering the name and some of the details here, but essentially it was, he, I mean, he was a Jew that was in a Holocaust concentration camp and he talked about how he found happiness, even despite those circumstances. Right. And here you are living. So even if you're in this concentration camp where, you know, you're probably going to die, um, it's, it was possible to find happiness in that moment. There's something that you can focus on that's positive, that, that's going right. There's some beauty somewhere in whatever situation you're in and, and you can focus on that. I mean, I apply, you know, using the firefighter analogy again, even, you know, I, I think this is really the, the spice of success and of life and, and of finding meaning and all those kinds of things is, is that mindset of, of focusing on the positive, right? And I've talked before about, again, going back to that fire, yeah, I still have what some people might call PTSD from that fire. And that I, I'm in certain circumstances and I have flashback. It's like probably similar to what a Vietnam vet or a war vet feels when they hear a loud bang and all of a sudden panic surges through them and they're back in that moment and they're ducking for cover and they're turtling. And that's a natural reaction. But for me, that was the best day of my life. So when I feel that panic welling up because I'm triggered in a fire or in a training situation, um, I remind myself that was the best day of my life. And that physiological feeling of panic is the exact same physiological response you have when you're super excited about something. And I, I just say, this is my body telling me I'm excited because that was the day when I really started living and it's reminding me of my purpose and I kick into another gear. So instead of turtling and shelling up by letting that, letting my thoughts about that feeling, uh, determine a negative fixation and I turtle and I get myself in even more trouble. And now I can't get out of that trap. Uh, Now I'm engaged in an even higher gear than I was before that panic welled up. So there's ways of turning even the worst situation, the worst feelings into something positive, I, I believe. And I think that's the difference between people that are successful, that find ways to grow and people that go on a downward spiral. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. And I think the culture generally is just so used to reacting, not being proactive. So they don't, the average person doesn't even know what it, like what the psychological mindset of building is. Right. And so for me, a, a good example, like I've been working very slowly, but surely on my media company for three years or four years. And anytime someone comes up with like, and mentions to me, Oh, look, this person's doing this thing. Like, doesn't that detriment from your business? And like, as if I should react and pivot to try and like hit on like, oh, what's the current trend? What's this other thing? And it's like, no, I know what I'm building. I can get more information, but I'm not going to pivot what I'm doing because of some reaction, because there's this issue over here. No, if I, I drew up blueprints, I have a plan and I'm building it, right? And so it's just, 
what does that process take? And when new things come up, when there's new information, if anything, it validates, oh, someone built a building similar to mine. That's great. That means mine's going to stand really well. I wasn't sure, but now I have more evidence. And it's just a different mindset of I am building something. And I mean, the first thing everyone has to be building is their own life right? Their own personality, who they want to be and what they want their family life to be, their career. And, and I think it's almost a fear that the average person doesn't look at what they're building for their own life. So it's easier to just get distracted and try and quote, fix the world, put out all the right. fires because they don't want to look at what's going on internally, but that's where you have to start building, right? That's where you, it really begins. And that's why I'm so excited for us to talk a lot about personal responsibility, about how, because you can't have a principled, steadfast, objectivist or libertarian or pro-liberty person if they're terrified of taking responsibility for themselves, if they're terrified of building, if all they're doing is wanting to put out fires and their fires just happen to be anti-liberty fires, they still don't know what they're contributing to society. You can't just have a bunch of people making sure there's liberty who also don't take responsibility for themselves, right? And so it's, I think the best way for me, the best way I've started to spread liberty is people seeing the life I'm building and then asking how that happened. Um, right. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, you, you hit on another point that's really important is that it's all, it's all about the internal world, right? What you can, what you can actually make control and make an influence on. And, and usually this other mindset is the firefighting mindset is all about that external world. Like the world's not going to be better until the, you know, something's done about that. My life isn't going to be better until something's done about that. And when, when you get into firefighting mode, um, you start to see fires everywhere, right? Even when there isn't one, uh, you know, and, and I think in large part, you know, like this whole George, Joe Jorgensen thing is people who are in firefighting mode, who are used to fighting the fire of leftism, seeing a fire where there probably isn't even one. Um, right. and, and they start inventing fires almost. Right. And I, you know, I know some firefighters, uh, it's been known that some wildland firefighters actually start wildland fires to, to make themselves some money. Right. And some people actually profit from destruction and making and fires. And that, I think that's a perfect analogy for, uh, the reactionary media, right? Like media is all about getting clicks, fear, panic, creating fires that didn't exist before. And this, it's the same with independent media. I, I listened recently to Lauren Southern. She was on Michaela Peterson's podcast, Jordan Peterson's daughter. And man, she's grown so much and matured so much over the last year or two. Um, you know, when she, when I first met her, she was a 19 year old candidate, just all just in firefighting mode, right? Like going out there, holding up signs, culture doesn't exist. Like just getting in the face of, of these Marxists and fighting, attracting all this attention. She built a brand off this reactionary firefighting. Right. And, and she talks about how you, you start to adopt this persona of having to do this thing almost right. And so you're almost creating, and, and she says, she, you know, she, she realized now she was kind of contributing to divisiveness to, she wasn't advancing necessarily the way she wanted. And she even said, you know, the thing that put her on the map was going to that slut walk and, and push and being unkind. These were her words. She, mm -hmm. she said, I didn't do that in a very kind way. Like that, that was an unkind thing to do. And there's better ways of, of reaching out to these people and, you know, persuading them and, and of building bridges and trying to influence it. And I just thought that was a really mature thing 
uh, for her to do. So I just wanted to bring that up and say kudos to, to Lauren Southern for all the growth she's done. I mean, you know, she, she was, she was a pugilist. She was fighting everything, including me. I mean, she, you know, when I was struggling to understand what she was doing and I suspended her for a bit of, of time, you know, she immediately got into pugilistic mode and I got sl- slandered and Breitbart and everything else because of it. Right. And, and so I'm just glad to see that she's, she's matured. When I think that's at least how I view my generation of having been raised. You have to be that way. You have to fight endlessly for your cause, whatever it is. And like I said, it's a scorched earth path to firefighting, right? Nuke it so it's not on fire anymore. And I really think that's how I was trained. That's the type of, that's what I was told it was to be a good person, was to point out to everyone why they're wrong. And it's really interesting because it's almost as if I ended up collapsing under my own weight. When I literally started to see fires everywhere, there's this, you, you just turn off, right? You just yeah. stop caring. And then some people stop caring and it leads to really bad results. And some people stop caring and reassess their life and, and try and figure out why was I so concerned with all of these fires? Why, was the, why did I feel like it was my duty to put out every fire I saw and these sorts of things. And I think it's really important. One thing I wanna pose to you, which you just might find interesting, is taking this whole analogy of building versus firefighting, if we flip it back to the actual profession of firefighting, it's also a good approach actually, because we've talked about how a proactive approach to firefighting is how do we actually treat buildings so they don't catch fire? How do we actually prevent fires and how that's just not at all Uh, what's allowed in the firefighting industry in Canada and probably in many places. But it's like, it's not building a new building, but it's actually, how do I create value for this building rather than just preparing for when it's on fire, right? Right, It's a totally different approach. It's how do I add value? How do I create anti-fire rather than just waiting to put out fires? Hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's an interesting approach. It reminds me of, you know, when I was filming in Japan a few years ago, I was filming some construction sites. It was all about this timber frame log homes. Um, and I, I was filming these carpenters and I noticed they were wearing what looked like ninja boots or ninja slippers instead of like the typical clunky steel toe boots we wear here in Canada. And I'm like, is that allowed? Like, are, aren't you breaking some like health and safety regulations or something by doing that. And they're like, no, this is, you know, like to them, it was like, no, with these shoes, I'm more nimble. I'm more productive. I can get out of the way of something. Like, why would I want something that could withstand a hammer blow when I can just have something that allows me to move my feet uh, and get out of the way of that hammer blow. Right. And also makes me more productive. So I just thought it was an interesting mindset uh, difference here. Here we're building something that's like resilient and robust in that it can withstand punishment. Right but it also slows you down from being productive in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, I, I would like to see safety stats to see if they have more OHS injuries. I suspect it's less maybe even than what we get because of this anti-fragile mindset of, no, I'm going to focus on productivity and whatever things will make me more productive uh, are also going to be safer. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think this was really interesting. I hope that people comment and let us know what they think of this analogy, where we missed it, how it extends, or if they disagree and they think, no, firefighting is the most important because I'm still open to that argument, right? Like I want to know how to build and I want to know how to create the world and I need to prevent it from being destroyed as well. So um, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube or your favorite podcasting apps and support us on Subscribestar at thelibertyexperts.com. 
and check out an upcoming AMA. There's information on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Liberty Experts. Nice. Mm-hmm.